أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد وعن سالم ابن عبد الله ابن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وعنهم عن أبيه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال نعم الرجل عبد الله لو كان يصلي من الليل قال سالم فكان عبد الله بعد ذلك لا ينام من الليل إلا قليلا متفق عليه So we continue the bab regarding the chapter regarding the virtue of praying in the night the bab al-fadli qiyam al-layl Salim the son of Abdullah bin Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala anhum anhuma he Salim narrates from his father Abdullah bin Umar radiyallahu anhuma that he said that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said what a wonderful man is uh, Abdullah he he praised him even though he's a young he was a young man he was uh, like a teenager uh, uh, he he came by and he praised him he said what a wonderful man is Abdullah uh, if only he would uh, wake up and pray in the night uh, uh, if only he would wake up and pray in the night and uh, Abdullah uh, ibn Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu uh, his son Salim says that after that, uh, he said, my father uh, didn't used to sleep the whole night again. He used to sleep a little bit and he would pray a lot. وعن عبد الله بن عمر بن العاصي رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا عبد الله لا تكن مثل فلان كان يقوم الليل فترك قيام الليل متفق عليه Abdullah bin Amr bin Asr anhu narrates that the Messenger of Allah once said to him, Oh Abdullah, don't be like so-and-so who used to wake up in the night and pray, uh, or who used to uh, pray some part of the night, and then afterward he left or he stopped praying uh, in the night. Uh, Abdullah bin Amr bin Asr anhu is an interesting sahabi because he's one of the first people to accept Islam. Uh, his father will become a Muslim, but then he'll become Muslim later. Abdullah bin Amr bin Asr who was Muslim, one of the first people who accepted Islam. While Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is in, in, in Makkah Mukarramah, his father will accept Islam when somewhere like the like fifth or sixth year after Hijrah, so much later. But he's also an interesting Sahabi radiallahu anhu in the sense that, uh, uh, that the age gap between him and his father is only 13 years. And so they both, uh, after his father accepted Islam, they both like basically lived and died together. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam told him, "Don't just, don't get cocky because you're because he's senior to his father in Islam. You know uh, 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 that 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 he's your father. You still have to respect him. You, you know this. The, he didn't say it explicitly, but the the idea is that just because you're senior to him in Islam doesn't mean that his right as a father is is any less. In fact, uh, uh, because of this wasiyah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, this is why Abdullah bin Amr bin As radiallahu anhu will side with. With uh, 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 with Muawiyah radiAllahu anhu in the in the in in the the fitna that happened between the Sahaba, Sayyidina Al Hasan radiAllahu anhu later on, he will uh, uh, he will uh, uh, in Medina Munawwara, he will f- feel some some uh, discomfort meeting with those people who sided against his father, and so uh, someone from the Tabi'een will. Uh, 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 will uh, and I forget who exactly, but someone from the Tabi'een will um, 
say to him that that uh, Wallahi, this uh, uh, Abdullah bin uh, Amr, he has so much love and so much veneration for you, even though you feel like he opposed you and your father, but you don't understand how much respect he has for you. Uh, and so he's, you remember this as well, that he's not only senior to his own father in Islam, but he's also senior to Al-Hassan and Al-Hussein in Islam as well. That they weren't they were like you know he accepted Islam years before they were born years before even uh, Al Hassan and their parents got married, radiyallahu anhuma wa alayhim salam, and so what happens is that, that he facilitates and arranges for them to meet, and so Al Hassan asks him, uh, do you is it true that you have great respect for myself and for my father? He says yes, of course it is. You're the the family of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. How could it be any different? He said then why did you side against why did you side against us uh, in the fitna? And he says, because the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when my father accepted Islam, he told me uh, that now I want you to keep your father's company and not leave it. And if it wasn't for that, so many times I wanted to cross over and, and join the other side. But his father and Sayyidina Muawiyah were, were tight, like even from before Islam and things like that. And so the, the two of them operated together, they were inseparable. So he said, because of that, I had to stay with my father. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, Sayyidina Hazan was not entertained by that answer but uh, the, the story drags on but you see the ajib, the strange even uh, in their opposition for one another how much uh, love they have for one another and they don't pull the rank of seniority or this and that they don't pull rank and seniority on each other in order to cut each other off like I'm wrong and you're right how dare you say this to me talk to me this way you know the elders actually used to be very uh, kind with the, with, the, with the youngers in fact uh, even though he could have, he could have pulled that card, but he he definitely didn't. So he is a very interesting person for a number of reasons that we just mentioned. One of the reasons is he was one of the few people also who had the uh, ijazah from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to write the hadith down. The generality of the Sahaba did not have permission from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to write hadith. Uh, why? Because the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wanted them to uh, only write the Quran so that they don't confuse the Quran and the hadith. Uh, but Sayyidina Abdullah bin Amr was a person of amana, and so uh, a person that the Prophet trusted not only in his character, but his, in his knowledge also that he'll keep all these things straight. So he used to actually have a scroll that he would write the hadith of the Prophet down, and it was passed as a family heirloom. It's called the Sahifatu Sadiqa. And we don't know where it is right now. Like we don't have any material like remain of it. But the hadith of the sadiqa are 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 reconstructed uh, and and narrated uh, uh, by the muhaddithin. And uh, uh, um, there's uh, there's a special when you see the uh, the, the hadith of Amr bin Shuayb and Abihi and Jaddihi. Uh, uh, this is that family uh, family sanad of, of the family of Abdullah bin Amr bin Asr anhu. So once the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam passed by him, he said, "Oh Abdullah, don't be like so and so who used to pray in the night and then he doesn't pray in the night anymore." The reason for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam saying this to say that Abdullah bin Amr is not to deprecate the other person. Um, if it was, they would have mentioned they they they, they would have uh, 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 mentioned him by name. Uh, 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 but the reason is what is that the Prophet ﷺ was informing Sayyidina Abdullah bin Amr bin Asr anhu that if you want to, you know, because you're one of the scholars, one of the ulama of this ummah uh, from the Sahaba, he's the, one of the people who will preserve uh, different branches of knowledge will be preserved to him. Um, so he says that you have the status that you cannot afford to not pray in the night. Uh, uh, don't be like the others that, that don't pray in the night. Because people think about Islam as only being fiqh. Like, was it haram? No, then, okay, I'm going to do it. Do I have to? No, then I'm not going to do it. Uh, and uh, uh, in fiqh, that reasoning makes sense. right? But not everything is the, the law. In your spiritual path, 
uh, a person is going to need uh, the help from the tahajjud in order to get through it, from the qiyamul layl. Like we may have mentioned last week, the word tahajjud is a specific type of qiyamul layl. Qiyamul layl means any uh, nafil prayers that a person does in the nighttime uh, 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 after their isha and their whatever the 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 the, the what's connected with isha. So the, in the best part of it, the best type of it is tahajjud, that a person should go to sleep and then wake up before the time of fajr enters and then uh, uh, pray some part of it. If you're not able to do that, then uh, uh, what some of the sahaba radiallahu anhum used to do is what? Is they used to... Why did you guys lock it? Knuckleheads. So the... the <laughs> The, 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 the idea is that what? That you can pray before going to sleep, like the last thing you do, right? So you've already prayed your Isha and stuff. You pray some raka'at at that time, right before you go to sleep. If you're like super pressed for time, uh, uh, it even counts for Qiyamul Layl if you delay your sunnahs of Isha until before you sleep. A person has to read Witr at any rate. A person is probably uh, not going to skip Witr. They shouldn't be skipping their Witr, right? So... The bare minimum, if a person wants to pray, you know, say that they're from amongst the people who pray Qiyamul Layl, is you can delay at least your wither. If you pray another two rak'ahs with it or four rak'ahs with it or whatever, that's good. But the the, the night, there's a, a barakah and blessing in, 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 in the night prayer that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I mean, he, he's emphasizing it very rigorously with the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. He himself used to pray, it was fard on him to pray uh, uh, some part of the night, at least a third or a half. Uh, uh, or two thirds, uh, uh, or all of the night sometimes, but he had to pray some some section of the night. He had to he had to pray qiyamul uh, layl in order to uh, uh, just as part of the the hukum and commandment of Allah Taala on him as being the prophet. So you can imagine that that's a a, a matter of, of of the rank and the honor of uh, of a person with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, even though Allah Taala out of His mercy didn't make it wajib on the rest of the ummah. But the people who wish to uh, uh, walk down the prophetic path, especially the people of, uh, of knowledge and the people of dhikr, and people of righteousness, that they have to also do that as well so that they can get the help from Allah Ta'ala that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam received from, uh, from Allah Ta'ala as well uh, through, that same, through that same prayer. And uh, how sad it is, and I'm not talking about anybody other than myself, uh, how sad it is that uh, uh, you know, when we have problems, we run to people to ask them for help. And we don't go to Allah and ask Him for help. And uh, had we gone to Allah and asked for His help, then we would have known that uh, when you help, ask Him, then the people will be able to help you. Uh, uh, otherwise, without Allah Ta'ala's decree, even the people are not able to help you. So the two are not necessarily exclusive of one another, but uh, 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 the, the asking from Allah is the, is the real asking. Then afterward, asking, uh, uh, asking the people is, is just going through the motions. وعن عبد الله بن مسعود رضي الله تعالى عنه قال ذكر عند النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم رجل نام ليلة حتى أصبح قال ذاك رجل بال الشيطان في أذنه أو قال في أذنه متفق عليه that uh, Sayyidina Abdullah bin Mas'ud رضي الله تعالى عنه uh, he, uh, uh, he, he uh, said that a man was mentioned uh, uh, in the presence of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, who <coughs> who uh, uh, slept the whole night until until the morning time, meaning until the fajr time, and uh, 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 meaning he didn't wake up for tahajjud, he didn't pray any part of the night, 
Uh, and so the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said what? He said that, that that's, a, that's such a person that the shaitan has urinated in his two ears or in his ear. Uh, 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 what, does that, what does that mean? Uh, it means that, uh, 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 that the shaitan has, a, uh, uh, has a, uh, um, an ill effect on that, on that person. Shaitan has uh, uh, an ability to access or harm or uh, bother that person that he doesn't have on a normal person. Otherwise, the, it doesn't mean that necessarily they did something haram, but it's, uh, 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 it's an ill effect that, uh, that shaitan has on that person. And we'll talk about that a little more. There's a couple of hadith in which the same effect is mentioned. We'll talk about it in a minute. Abi Huraira يعقد الشيطان على قافية رأس أحدكم إذا هو نام ثلاثة عقد يضرب على كل عقدة عليك ليل طويل فارقد فإن استيقظ فذكر الله تعالى إن حلت عقدة فإذا توضأ أن حلت عقدة فإن صلى أن حلت عقدة فأصبح نشيطا طيبا نفسي وإلا أصبح خبيث النفسي كسلان متفق عليه وقافية الرأس آخره So Sayyidina Abu Hurair رضي الله عنه He mentions this hadith of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that the Messenger of Allah عليه الصلاة والسلام said that shaitan ties uh, on the, 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 the back of the head or the neck uh, of one of you, three, uh, three knots. And uh, uh, he, he hits on every knot and, and, and saying what? Saying that you have, uh, uh, you, you have to sleep. It's a long night. There's still so much sleep left uh, for a person to sleep. So just keep sleeping. So when a person wakes up, uh, um, if they, so the, what is the meaning of these knots? Is again a type of access or a type of, uh, of, uh, of uh, bothering or a type of of like uh, retardation of a person's uh, spiritual state that shaitan puts on a person when they're when they're sleeping, uh, and so he 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 hits on every one of those knots and says uh, you have a long night ahead of you, so so you you need to still sleep, you need to keep sleeping. Uh, 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 and so when a person wakes up, those three knots are there and it, it's an impediment for a person to get up and do what they, what they need to do to pray Fajr and to whatever, you know. Uh, uh, so how do you untie those knots? Because it's difficult to get up for Fajr, right? It's difficult, right? Is it? Is it? I'm not. I'm asking the kids. You're you're accomplished, mashallah. Already travel around the spiritual path, mashallah. You've been you fudger like a pro, right? Is it difficult? Yeah. Yeah. So why is that? It's because shaitan tries ties three knots on your on your head, and it keeps telling you go back to sleep, go back to sleep, right? So Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is telling right now how how do you deal with the shaitan? How do you deal with the, the shaitan that you untie those knots and you now regain your own control over yourself and you're able to? Uh, you're able to do all the good things that you need to do in the day uh, and in the night. So he says, uh, uh, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, so when one of you wakes up, if they make the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, one of the knots uh, comes open. 
So what should you do? Say La ilaha illallah, say Subhanallah, say Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, read the Ayatul Kursi, say something, use, say something in which the name of Allah Ta'ala is, is mentioned. And it, it breaks one of those, you know, uh, not like brainlessly, but sit in like, you know, sit up and with deliberation, take the name of Allah Ta'ala with the knowledge and the yaqeen inside of your heart that there, this is going to untie one of those knots, um, that the power in the divine name is going to help you. So one of the knots unties. Then afterward, uh, the second knot is untied by doing what? By making wudu. So drag yourself to the uh, drag yourself to the uh, to the bathroom, and uh, make your wudu, and that will uh, untie the second knot. And then when a person prays, the third knot is untied. And so this is one of the benefits also of the of the tahajjud is that you go to the fajr ready for fajr. Whereas if you go to the fajr with one of the knots left, then it's going to decrease the quality of your fajr. This is one of the the, the many benefits of the. Uh, of the uh, of the tahajjud or at least the two rak'ahs of salat that a person prays before fajr right a person shouldn't miss those those are quick rak'at they don't need to be long you read according to malik you just read the fatiha in it so if you're like in a rush or whatever if you don't tell uh, uh you know the muftis i won't tell them either you know it'll be our little secret you know uh uh, uh they'll say there's a Maliki and Lombard is misguiding the youth, uh, uh, you know. So, but the point is, is what? It's just you, the prayer itself will untie the third knot. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says, after that, the person, the rest of the morning, they'll be nashit, nashit and tayyib nafs. What does nashit mean? Nashit means they'll be like ready to ready. To, they'll be like good to go. They'll have some energy. They'll uh, uh, be uh, excited uh, in order to do what they need to do in the day, and they'll be tayyib nafs. Tayyib nafs means like they'll be happy. They'll be positive. Uh, and if not, the person will wake up khabitha nafs, meaning the person will be like really down. Uh, uh, and kaslan, the person will be very lazy. Muttafaqun uh, alayhi, it's a hadith narrated by uh, both Bukhari and Muslim. Now, what's the meaning of this hadith? Okay, someone might say, well, I, 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 there's like kafirs at my work that are real go-getters, real morning people, real bright and perky uh, in the morning and you know they don't they don't know the name of Allah and they don't know what wudu is forget about wudu they don't even know what a stinja is right so like you know uh, uh, you know they don't know wudu and they sure as heck don't know what it means to pray and they don't pray and all of that stuff okay so how come they're all bright and uh, go-gettery and whatnot and I oftentimes wake up and I'm groggy as heck even if I make zikr and even if I pray tahajjud even if I do wudu and even if I uh, uh, pray my salat so what does this hadith mean? You know, is it because this hadith is like da'if? It's not da'if, it's Bukhari and Muslim. Is it because, you know, I read some guy on Twitter who says that all the hadiths are made up and I only follow the Quran. Uh, no, uh, that's, not, that's not what it is. You have to understand what does the Prophet ﷺ mean by these things. Okay? So tayyibun nafs and khabithun nafs here means what? It means, it means in a spiritual sense. Okay? Why? Because if you, if you put a, a, a rat in front of a crocodile, the crocodile will also be excited. Right? Uh, if, you, if you put like a, a rat in front of a snake, the snake is going to be a big go-getter. It's going to go and bah, hit it and, you know, whatever. It's going to hit it with its poison and it's going to swallow it whole. And you can watch YouTube videos. Forget about a rat. A snake will even eat another snake, mashallah. If you don't believe me, ask Maryam. I, you know, I watched watch the video with her and she's like, Baba, I don't like this. I don't like watching this. Let's not watch this. Right? It happens. Right? 
So in that sense, yes, just because a person is a go-getter, that's not what's meant by the because snakes don't read tahajjud either, right? The Prophet means something very specific here uh, when he's talking about who's nashit and who's tayyibun nas and who's khabithun nas. The meaning is what? Is that a person has a, 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 in their heart, not the physical heart, in their spiritual heart, it's like a, 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 like a radio and it will tune into the it will tune into the, the, the frequency uh, of, of goodness, right? That the presence of the angels and the, 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 the benefit of, you know, the spiritual benefit of the salat, the spiritual benefit of the recitation of the Quran. These things are real. They have power in them. Through them, the Sahaba anhum conquered the world. Through them, you know, people, people uh, 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 you know, they did great things with their lives. And they resisted great evils and great temptations. The divine name protected so many people from, from calamity and turmoil. And they will, the, the power of it will be even more, uh, uh, um, more clearly open for everyone to witness on the Day of Judgment. So the idea is what? Is that that heart will be, because the, the, the knots of the shaitan, they're not like physical knots, right? So if you're looking at, trying to interpret the hadith through like physical interpretation, you're, you're barking up the wrong alley. You won't even find the knots there in the first place. The knots are what? They're impeding the heart's ability to uh, benefit from, from, from those things. So for example, right? There's a bottle, uh, empty bottle right here. Isn't there on the ledge? Right? The bottle has a cap on. If, if, if I ask Hafiz Mujtaba, I go, hey, you know, uh, go fill the fill the fill the bottle for me. Okay, if he doesn't take the cap off, you can put the bottle under Niagara Falls. Is it going to fill? No. But if you just remove the cap, it will fill with water. The heart is like that. That there's like a right the the right no no is there any no there's no Punjabis here is, are there even my own, oh, there you are there you are Allahu Akbar Allah Ta'ala sent you my own kids don't know Punjabi it's embarrassing it's embarrassing right. So, Mia uh, Mia uh, Muhammad Bakhsh, Rahmat da Darya Ilahi, Hardam Vagda Tera, Jeek Katara Bakhshe Menu, the Galbanjai Mera, that you, the river of your mercy, oh my, my, my uh, Allah, in every moment, look how like vast it's flowing. Such a huge river, like think of like bigger than the Amazon, right? Amazon is the largest river, but Allah Ta'ala. You know, his, what is connected with him overwhelms the creation. The creator overwhelms the creation. Look how vast the river of your mercy is. Even if like, it's, even if like one drop of it like should f flick off from the side, that's like enough for my entire dunya and akhirah will be made. Right? But what's the problem? Some people, the bottle is closed. The problem is not there. The same Quran that people are, well, you know, I, don't, I just don't feel it, brother. And it's like, okay, I don't, brother, I'm not into it. I'm not feeling this right now, you know? The same, the same Quran, the same Salat, the same Deen is there, and we're not feeling it. And the Sahaba, radiallahu anhu, like walked over water and like would see things like happen and hear things from like 100 miles away. And like, and it's not a joke. It's not like uh, whatever Star Wars or Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. Why? Because they actually happened. Guess what? The Muslims actually conquered Persia and Syria and you know, uh, uh, Egypt and all of these places. And the people in every generation, there are people who uh, swear their, by their life and their death by the, by, by the power of that same Quran. We're not feeling, why? Because the, the knot is still tied, right? It hasn't been untied yet. 
these three knots are like for like he's saying to the Sahaba, we have like a lot of a lot probably a lot more knots. There's probably you tie like a good dozen knots by using Instagram every day or whatever. Like there's like a lot of knots going on over there. So if this is the point of like what I mean, like not everything is fiqh, not everything is is this halal haram? Do I have to do? I not have to. There's a whole understanding of how a person is going to spiritually benefit, uh, and this is this is one of them. So what do you do? Abdullah, if you want to wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? How do you untie the first knot? Do you remember? You make the You make the dhikr of Allah. Good. Right? One of the girls tell me what's the second knot. How do you untie the second knot? Make wudu. Make wudu. Okay. And then one of the other girls that not Maryam who just answered, what is the, how do you untie the third knot? Thank you for cheating, mashallah. The parda may not let us see on the other side, but we can definitely hear. That's, no, it's okay. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. That's good. It's good to have a friend that will tell you nice things like this. Alhamdulillah. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It's good to have a friend that you can like, like you can help each other in these things rather than in other less useful things, hijab tutorials or whatever. So, illa hijab al khair. So, so if you do these three three things, what happens? The knots get untied. It means that the person who does those three things, even if you're groggy as heck, because you're tired and you're like, Sheikh, I did all three of them and I'm still tired and groggy. Well, what time did you go to sleep? You was like, I was playing whatever until like 4.30 in the morning. Obviously, you're going to be groggy, man. It's like you didn't sleep at all, right? That's a physical thing. The hadith is not describing physical. If you want to be like nasheet in the morning, and in a good mood, then physically go go to sleep earlier, right? You don't need a Nabi for that. You don't need like 30 juz of Quran to teach you that. You know what I mean? A kafir who doesn't even believe in God knows that even a dog or, a, 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 you know, a cat knows that. But what is the Prophet saying? You could still be groggy as heck. You've been playing video games. Jabari is like laughing and he's like, oh, it's not me. As he turns progressively more and more uh, the color red, Ahmar. So, Ahmiraran. Uh, so, 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 what happens, right? You may be still groggy as heck and really sleepy and like dozing off and whatever. But if someone says to you, Rasulullah, then a person will feel love in their heart. If someone says to you the Quran, they'll feel in their heart, this is the book of Allah. If someone will say to, say to you, Jannah, they'll be like, I want to go. Someone says to you, Jahannam, they'll say, I don't want to go to that, right? That, the heart will be, the heart will be uh, uh, rested and awake. That's what it means. And what does it mean, Khabithun Nafs, that you could be perky and go get her in the morning and just jog like a, like three miles or whatever? How many, how many miles do you... I don't even want to know how many miles you jog. Uh, 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 do you? Do you? Are you one of those guys? It's like I just went and ran five miles, you know? Oh, just two. <laughs> right? Can't do uh, Half the ummah is like, you know, unable to walk from one side of the Walmart parking lot to the other. <laughs> mashallah. So, alhamdulillah, mashallah, right? So, you may be, you may be perky and go get her in the morning and whatever. But these things are not going to matter to you. The deen is not going to matter to you. The akhirah is not going to matter to you. Someone mentions dua or prayer, you'll be like, oh, you know, that stuff we left that, you know, uh, religious people talk about those things. I don't want to talk about those things. They'll be lazy for the things that will be uh, of their benefit. Um, and, and the sunnah is what? Use your brain and like do both of them. But in as much as what akhiratu khairun wa abqa that the akhirah is more intense than this dunya and it lasts forever. If you have to prioritize one over the other, the te- deen teaches to, to prioritize the thing that will last forever over the thing that is limited. The thing that will only be for some time and then it ends. The akhirah doesn't end ever, right? 
However, this doesn't mean that a person is uh, uh, unconcerned with the dunya. Rather, the sunnah is you go to bed on time and all that other good stuff. Uh, 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 but, uh, uh, but know that this is if, just like a person knows already intuitively as an animal, right? As an animal, you know intuitively that if, if you're hungry, you have to eat. If you're sleepy, you should sleep. If you have other cravings, then you do the other things. You know those things intuitively. You don't need like a, like a uh, sheikh to tell you those things, right? But what you need is the, 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 the deen to tell you how are you going to then line up your, your spiritual being because it's not as, uh, as obvious, right? The animals don't, aren't able to figure those things out. We're not able to figure those things out without hidayah from, from Allah Ta'ala through the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Anbiya Alayhi Musallatu Wasallam. And uh, a person should employ both of them uh, at the same time. وعن عبد الله بن سلام رضي الله تعالى عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قال يا أيها الناس أفشوا السلام وأطعموا الطعام وصلوا بالليل والناس نيام تدخل الجنة بالسلام رواه الترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح سيدنا عبد الله بن سلام رضي الله عنه uh, uh, he uh, was a, uh, a, a rabbi uh, uh, of, uh, uh, of of the Jews of Medina Munawwara and uh, he when he heard that the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was coming he said I also wanted to see who is this guy that all the Arabs have like you know they, they, they accepted the deen at his hands and they stopped worshipping idols and all this other stuff you know because the Jews have been doing that for, for a while right they didn't used to worship idols you know, uh, uh, and they, you know, didn't eat pork, and they didn't, there's so many things the Jews were already doing, so they're like, and the Arabs used to be completely, like, crazy, they had no sharia whatsoever, and they do all these wild and, like, jahil type things, and who is this guy that they, that they've now, like, you know, uh, uh, fallen in with, who's, like, stopped him from all these things, I, I, I want to see too, so when, uh, 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 um, Rasulullah sallallahu came to Medina Munawwara, and, like, the, the 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 women and children are waiting to greet him with like palm branches which by the way is a uh, uh, is mentioned in scripture uh, from before the Quran as the scene of when the 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 nabi of akhir zaman comes that this is how his istiqbal is going to be that they were singing alayna. they obviously didn't do it for sayyidina isa alayhi salam uh, they sold him out, but uh, at any rate, the the people of Medina were were there, and so the, the a couple of the uh, you know some of the Yahud also came to see because it was a big deal in town, and so this rabbi of the Jews also said, I'm I'm going to go and see. Uh, his name was Hussein bin Salam bin Salam, and he said, I'm going to go see what's what's all the big fuss about, and uh, who is this person, you know? Because ostensibly, even they should think that this is a good a good thing that's happening, right? At least they're not going to. They're not going to be digging into the swine no more and they're not going to be worshipping idols and they'll behave a little more orderly from here on out. Uh, and so uh, uh, he said that when I saw his face, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, I, I knew that he, he is, uh, uh, this is not the face of a liar. Uh, and so, uh, uh, and he's a spiritual man. Right, he's already a rabbi of the uh, of the Banu Israel. He's a spiritual man, and the the ruhaniyat of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam it struck him in his heart, and and that's why he said what he says. Otherwise, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense if you don't understand that, because you can't tell if a person's lying or not if they're if they're if you just look at their face, except for the person who is attuned to uh, spiritual things. And so, what happens is that uh, after a very short while, he uh, he will uh, uh, accept the deen. And his conversion is hidden, and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam calls the uh, calls a, a, a gathering of the rabbis, and he asks them, "What do you say about this Hussein bin Salam?" 
and uh, uh, he says that he's our rabbi and he's the son of our rabbi. He's our nobleman and the son of our nobleman. And so uh, 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 he, he tells him, he's, 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 he's standing behind the parda, so he tells them, tells them to uh, uh, come out. And so uh, he comes out and he takes the shahada in front of the rabbis. And the rabbis say, oh, this guy, he's like our, uh, uh, he's our ignorant one, the son of our ignorant ones. And he's like our, like our riffraff, the son of our riffraff, you know. And so they just leave. They just leave. They don't accept it. And so I, I, I in my uh, probably lack of like hikmah, uh, when I was a college student, I once had a conversation with an Orthodox rabbi from Chabad, uh, you know, not the Hillel guys. Those they're they're like they're a little bit more uh, quote unquote liberal with their with their Judaism. No, the guys who are actually like dopeyed up and bearded and all that stuff, right? So I, I told them about that, which probably in retrospect was not. It's probably offensive, but uh, so I probably shouldn't have. But uh, at any rate, I said it to him, but his reaction was really funny. He was like, he was like eh, sounds like something the Jews would do. <laughs> Which if I said it, it would be bad, but he, <laughs> he said it, so I just kind of like, I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, but he was a good sport about it as well. A lot, I'll give him hidayah as well. Mm. Uh, 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 so at any rate, so he was there. The point of the whole story is what? He was there when the Prophet ﷺ first came to Medina Munawwara. And he, in fact, went out to see uh, see him. And he had love for Rasulullah ﷺ from the first time that his, uh, he laid eyes on him. And, uh, uh, and he was one of their rabbis. He was not, uh, he was not just like a, uh, just a common man. And uh, uh, so uh, what happens, by the way, you know how he, 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 he uh, dies, actually. He... He dies when uh, the uh, assassins breach the house of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu. And the, there are three, uh, three people standing guard in his house. Uh, Abdullah bin Zubair and Al-Hassan and Al-Hussein are standing guard in the house of who? Of Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu. Sayyidina Uthman sends them home and they say, we're not going to leave you. And he says, I'm Amir al-Mu'mineen, it's my order, you all have to leave. And so those three accepted the order, and the fourth one who was with them was Abdullah bin Salam, and he didn't accept the order of Sayyidina Uthman. He stayed, and he they, they made him shaheed also at that same at that same time. They they killed him in Zulm. Uh, Allah Taala accept his shahada. Mm-hmm. So that's a great rank as well that he died defending Sayyidina Uthman radiAllahu Taala anhu by his side. So he remembers the day that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam came, and he remembers the first khutbah that the Prophet ﷺ gave to the Muslims on that day, uh, uh, the Hijrah Mubarakah of the Prophet wasallam, that he said, "Oh, oh, oh, people, spread salam to one another. So go say salam. So your homework assignment is what? Homework assignment is to go say salam to a Muslim that you don't know. Do you know who that is? Do you know him? Why don't you say salam to him?" Go, get up. What are you going to say? Not to me. Not to me, to him. Look him in the eye and say it. Handshake optional. Okay, good. <laughs> okay? So that's 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 the sunnah. Is to say salam. Ifshad means not, not just to say salam like when you see your friends or whatever, right? Ifshad means what? It means to spread salam amongst people. This is a sign of a hater. Is the person who just says salam to people they know. There's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that he said he literally said say salam to the people you know and say the salam to the people you don't know. So obviously the greeting of assalamu alaikum according to the like preponderant majority of the ulama is only given to Muslims or like if you see an angel you can give it to an angel as well. But uh, 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 um, so but like you know so you're like okay well I don't know the people walking down the street or whatever or if they're Muslims or not. 
I, I get that, okay? But uh, uh, when you're in the masjid, there's always somebody you don't know, okay? People hate each other. You know that people hate each other. The Arabs are all talking about how uh, stuck up and annoying the Desi people are, and the Desi people are all talking about how the Arabs talk down to them all the time, and the converts are like, oh, look, you know, the born Muslims are, you know, jerks to us, and the, the, the born Muslims are saying this about that people, and the white Muslims convert or otherwise are saying this about the black Muslims, and the black Muslims are saying this about the brown Muslims, and the brown Muslims are God knows what, and everything is just everyone's hating on each other, and all of it could be avoided. How? You see somebody, you know the person doesn't know, you don't know the person, and they don't seem to know anyone in the masjid, especially the ones that seem to know nobody in the masjid, okay? Just walk up to them, put a, a smile on your face, even if you're not happy in that particular moment, just put your own self aside, and just say, hey, as alaikum, how are you doing? Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, brother, sister, just say it, right? And what happens? The hate evaporates because now the hate has no place to live anymore because you were nice to somebody. It's a very awkward thing. I oftentimes walk into situations ready to hate on somebody. I admit it. It's not good. Don't do it. If you see me do it, don't be like, this is Hamza's weakness. Don't be like Hamza. Okay? I've done it before. Best, the best is like online communication, Twitter, Facebook, email, everything, right? I'll read someone's email. I get, this guy's made my to-do list. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this. I'm going to... I'm going to, I'm going to like, he's going to be like a snail that I run over with my car when I see him. Okay. And what happens? The person smiles at you, says, Salaam Alaikum. And you're like, oh God, I can't do it. <laughs> Which is a good thing. It's, that's why it's a sunnah. The Prophet knew that. That's why, you know, people should, people should do that with one another. Uh, uh, the world needs less hate. Sit up. The world needs less hate. Uh, and the, needs less haters. Uh, so nip these things in the bud. Don't, you know, you know, say salam to, to people. It's hard. It's hard, especially it's hard for people who are in uh, uh, um, what you call uh, 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 administrative and like leadership roles because everybody wants to say salam to you. So if you're a Molana, you go into like hardcore Molana sab mode. And if you're not, you go into, into what I call Haji sab mode. Don't go into Haji sab mode. Even though you know that same guy is the one. Every time he like throws his like uh, paper towel napkin like not in the garbage somewhere else, and you know he's gonna do it tonight too, and he actually does. Still fight the you know uh, fight the fight the urge, resist the urge, uh, and just say salam to them. Who knows? Maybe because you were nice to them, they'll be like, oh wow, maybe I should think about throwing this in the garbage. You know what I mean? Or parking in the right place or whatever. And even if you don't, if they don't, then that means you receive the supreme amount of reward from Allah Taala because your reward is only from Him. Uh, so uh, a person should be happy inside that this person is like, if it wasn't for Islam, I would swear an oath by the sacred name of Allah that he's just a walking piece of like anthro garbage. But uh, because the hukum of Allah and his Rasul Sallallahu forbid me from saying that and, 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 and officially acknowledging it, even if it may be like 99% true. Uh, and because the hukum of Allah Ta'ala obliges me to treat this person a certain way and I did it, and they gave me no reason to, to be that way, then you know that the reward for that is like perfect. It's not decreased in one in, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, uh, so you should feel good inside that, look, you know, my other deeds may not pay off, but I said salam to this person, and he just seems like a complete train wreck. And uh, But I said it for the sake of Allah, so inshallah he'll reward me for it. So first thing he says, Afshus salam, wa'at'imu ta'am, and feed, uh, feed one another. 
uh, and feed one another food. Again, the same thing. Like this, this, this is beautiful. What that the uh, uh, you know we live in a country where uh, some of our parents actually came to this country. Not all of it, most of not most of us, but some of our parents actually came to this country when black people and white people weren't even able, like allowed legally in certain states to eat at the same like restaurant counter. And if you think they changed the law and it changed overnight, it didn't change overnight. There's still some places probably, you know, you'll get the customer. You don't look like you're from around here. Uh, 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 treatment. You know what I mean? They can't even, you can't even eat at the same place. But what does the dean say? No, actually you pay for the food. Give, just pay for the food for free. Eat, eat together. You want to be, you want to be, uh, you know, because Islam is for everybody, right? Black, white, this and that. How are you going to be racist? How are you going to be like Klansman becomes Muslim, but I still hate black people. How are you going to be racist and be a Muslim? It's not going to work out. You're going to be in Medina Manowara and you're going to be sitting next to like, you know, a, you know, uh, 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 you didn't, you know, it's Ramadan and you didn't bring like a, a, a iftar with you and like a whatever, like a big posse of Gambians walks by and like drops down the thing and says, hey, brother, come sit, brother, come eat with me. Right. That's it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to burn, burn a crescent in front of his house or what are you going to do? How are you going to have Muslim racist? It doesn't work. It works when you live in a state and the state has an official church and you're like that race. It's like the Hungarian Orthodox Church, Halas. You can live in a bubble like that. Even though Christianity is not like that either, right? Our complaint with Christianity, uh, most of its like extant forms is that they worship a human being and we say Allah is not part of the creation. But it would be unfair for us to say that Christianity, like if you read the Bible, you'll learn racism from it. I don't think that's a fair, uh, a fair uh, 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 you know, objection against Christianity. But... A Christian can themselves put themselves in a bubble in order to fool themselves into thinking that their religion condones their their uh, their racism because they're not going to ever have to have iftar with a Gambian in Medina, right? Uh, uh, whereas with us, it just it's it's not going to work. In the Prophet it's not you don't have to go all the way to Medina to do it. You can, same thing. The Gambians will hit you with the iftar at Dar Salaam as well, or IFS or wherever else other people. And if they don't, the Senegalese will get you, or you know what I mean. The Kenyans will get you. So Somalis will definitely get you, mashallah. Uh, you cut up them bananas and 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 eat you know, with the sukar and the rice and stuff like that. That's it. It's game over. What are you gonna do about it? Uh, uh, so uh, that's the number two thing. The first thing is what the first thing the Prophet said in the khutbah was what Abdullah. You remember? Mary Maisha, you remember? You guys weren't listening? Oh my goodness. Okay, does anyone else remember? Afshus Salam. Okay, you see you guys got, mashallah, Amul Karim, like, uh, got you guys off the hook. So you spread Salam. What's the second thing? Anyone? What? No. Serve people what? Serve people something in particular. Food. You have to feed one another. Sheikh Amin very gingerly always mentions this whenever somebody asks him about the quote-unquote Zabiha issue. Uh, 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 and uh, for those listening at home, I'm, you know, you can see the, the like sarcasm dripping off of my beard when I say that. Uh, but uh, he says that everybody is keen to point out that Allah Ta'ala says in his book that the food of the people who the people of the book is halal for you. But everyone, uh, uh, everyone is keen to point that out. But nobody ever mentions what lahum that your food is is halal for them too. So instead of arguing about like why you can eat at Burger King or whatever, why don't you go go feed people? We had the Maliki. We had we didn't advertise. It. We had Maliki fifth intensive fiqh of Ramadan yesterday. Uh, so a, a bunch of brothers from the city came down and they they they. It was like about six and a half hours of dars, mashallah. 
and so uh, one of the one of the uh, one of the brothers asked the zakatul fitr. You know, the zakatul fitr is a condition that you have to give it to a Muslim. The answer is yes, it is. However, that doesn't mean that like all char- charitable giving has to be to a Muslim. He said the zakatul fitr in particular because it has a ritual, a certain ritual uh, 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 status in the deen. It has to be given to uh, one of the needy or the indigent of the Muslims. Otherwise, feeding other uh, feeding people of other faiths is an act of it's an act of sadaqa. It's an act of uh, it's an act of khair. You know, um, anyone here likes ben- Benjamin Netanyahu? It's okay. You can admit it. Huh? Anyone? N- not a popular figure in the masjid circle. If he came and knocked on your door. What are you going to do? Are you going to take out a, like a gun and shoot him? What are you going to do? No, that's not the type of people we are. It would be awkward because the guy would be like a guest at your house. You'd be like, I don't know, have, have a seat. Like, you want some chai? You know what I mean? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's the dean at the end of the day. What are you going to do? Uh, 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 Afghanis have a, a funny story that they tell. Uh, and... Remember, their homeland was conquered by the Sahaba. And they have unbroken, their cultures and customs are, customs are unbroken from that time. In fact, there are still people in Afghanistan, people don't know that there are certain tribes in Afghanistan, their native language is, is actually Arabic. They're Arabic speakers, there are not a whole lot of them, but there are some in Afghanistan that, 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 that still speak Arabic as a native language. Uh, uh, there are native Arab speakers, many of them in Iran as well. Uh, and there, are some, there are some in Afghanistan. Uh, 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 but culturally, uh, even though the majority of them are Persian-speaking or Pashto-speaking people, uh, culturally they have their, their their cultural practices are unbroken from the Sahaba. Many Afghanis have cultural practices. They think that they're uh, they're just Afghani cultural practices. When they learn uh, ilm, then later on they realize, oh wow, this is actually like from from fiqh or whatever, right? Uh, or from the Sunnah. And so what happens? Uh, Afghanis tell a story about a, a, a man who uh, uh, knocks on the door of someone and says, uh, you know, ask them for hospitality. So the person invites them in, says, come be my guest, right? And so what happens is he goes, he goes, uh, where are you coming from? He says, I, I'll admit to you, I, I killed a man in the next village. And they came to look for me. So now I'm your guest, please hide me. So he hides them. And he goes, who did, which village is it? So he named the village. He goes, uh, uh, he goes, oh, I have a brother that lives in, in the village. Who's the man you killed? And it's, he turns out he killed his brother. So he, now the host is in an awkward position. So uh, uh, so he says, you know, he go, just grabs his rifle and sits at, uh, by the front door. He says, as long as you're, you're inside of the boundaries of my house, you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who knows a lot of Afghani people uh, uh, doesn't ask the question, uh, I, is this story true or not? Ask the question, like, how many times has this happened? <laughs> Why? Because that's the dean. What are you going to do? A person gets angry, a person's upset, a person, all these things happen, but you're still a Muslim, right? If you have the common sense of iman inside of your house, you're not going to do anything but, 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 but uh, feed people. Um, and Allah, Allah Ta'ala knows best. Uh, uh, and the, the third thing that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, mentioned was, pray in the night when other people are sleeping. Pray in the night when other people are sleeping. You do all of these three things, you'll enter Jannah uh, um, without, without, uh, without any harm coming to you on the Day of Judgment. Uh, Allah Ta'ala make us from amongst those people. And that doesn't mean, again, you know, if, they sh- the, if the, whatever the clan shows up with like an AR-15 protest at your masjid that you need to necessarily hand them water bottles or whatever. But 
a person can be forgiven at any rate for for their first impulse to be to be nice to people, knowing that there are sometimes that you have to show firmness as well for other people, for your own good and for their own good as well. وعن سيدنا أبي هريرة رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أفضل الصيام بعد رمضان شهر الله المحرم وأفضل الصلاة بعد الفريضة صلاة الليل رواه مسلم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said that the best of fasting after Ramadan is the uh, sacred month of Allah تعالى المحرم and uh, Allah Allah knows best but the, it seems as if the the uh, the ishara is 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 toward uh, toward the fasting on the day of ashura as in specific and muharram as a month in general wallahu alam allah knows best and he says that the best of prayers after the far the prayer is what is the prayer of the night uh, narrated by muslim it's narrated by muslim and what's the what's the prayer the salat according to the fuqaha that has the most reward after the five daily prayers if you look in any book of fiqh from any madhab well, i shouldn't say any madhab but at least the two madhabs that i've studied the hanafi and the maliki what is it no. But he were to sing other than the farb. Witter. Oh, Right? So just like Ashura is like a specific day and, and Muharram is in general, here the in the night time, I mean, the fuqaha, what they say, lines up with this as well. Right? That the, the witter is, you know, the, the, the most meritorious of the prayers of the night. Uh, and so uh, uh, that, and then in general, the tahajjud uh, and the qiyamul layl, the, the raka'at of it are more virtuous than any of the extra raka'at that, that a person does during the day. One said, Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, sorry, anhuma, and the Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, aqala salatul layli, mathna, mathna, fa'idha, khifta subha, fa'otir, biwahidatin, muttafaqun alayhi. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, so the Prophet ﷺ said that the prayer of the night is to be done in sets of two rakahs. You pray two by two, and uh, if you fear that the 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 dawn is about to break, then uh, then a person will, will will pray with her at that time. وعنه قال كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي من الليل مثنى مثنى ويوتر بركعات متفق عليه and he also narrates that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم used to pray uh, in the night uh, 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 two by two and then he would make a, a witr with one rakah uh, 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 and it's also narrated by Bukhari and Muslim uh, this the point of mentioning this hadith. The context of this dars is not a fiqh dars. I understand that the one rakah with her is not valid in the Hanafi madhab. So don't if you don't want to do it, don't do it. There are also dalail for that as well. The reference of the butayra, uh, uh, the one uh, rakah prayer being deficient. For that reason, the Maliki, uh, like the Shafi'i position and Hanafi position, oftentimes are like diametrically opposed to each other. So in the Shafi'i school, it's valid just to pray one rakah and that's it. Uh, and in the in the Hanafi school, one rakah alone is under no circumstances valid. In the Maliki school, it's 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 valid but makru to pray three without three in a row, uh, and it's all it's uh, uh, it's makru to pray just one without two. But the the mastoon way is that you should pray two and one together, two in salam and then one together. 
any of these ways a person practices, that's fine. This is actually one of their interesting things. There are some people who, Facebook and all this other stuff is all, mashallah, uh, by and large, bakwas. There's a couple of beneficial things on it that shaitan puts on there just so you stay and have the rest of the bakwas, you know, like uh, consume the rest of it. So somebody, a very sincere and good brother, he posted some post of some, uh, uh, basically, a scandal monger who uh, uh, put... Uh, weak and fabricated narrations uh, against Sayyidina Muawiyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu and I'm like uh, why are you bringing all these weird like ulti like uh, you know aberrant narrations whereas the, the praise of the Prophet sallallahu and the Sahaba for him are there in the main books of hadith so this is one of the one of the uh, 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 hadith I remember like that that uh, uh, Sayyidina uh, Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhu imagine he's from Banu Hashim right and he's one of Sayyidina Ali's guys right radiallahu anhu during his entire life, he's one of Sayyidina Ali's guys, radiAllahu anhu. He's like he's like close, like uh, close one of his close people, right? So somebody came in and and uh, uh, complained to him, thinking like we're gonna like we're gonna get some beef going, you know, some some non Hafsa approved beef, non halal advocates approved beef here, you know, get the vertical cut beef uh, going here. Uh, and so, and so they're like, they're like, you know, you know what Muawiyah does, and uh, what he prays only. Sometimes we see him; he only prays one rakah with her, and he doesn't pray the other two with them. And what did Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas radiAllahu? Because these are mashallah. He's a person like filled with hikmah, even at a very young age, right? Sayyidina Umar radiAllahu who showed the Sahaba why he's more intelligent than their their sons are, right? Uh, that hadith passed in the Riyadh Salihin as well. Uh, so he, he he said, what what was his response? You know, he only prays one rakah, with knowing that, that that Sayyidina Abdullah bin Abbas himself doesn't do that, right? He says, Asaba innahu faqih. He's like he 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 has a point. You know, he's a he's a person of deep understanding. So uh, obviously these differences of opinions amongst the Sahaba, you follow whatever you want to follow, and it's it's all right for a person who is like a little has a little bit of maturity, like a little bit higher than like village level maturity, like intellectually, to know that there are different opinions, and then you follow the one you follow. You don't have to like do what everyone else says all the time. You just follow what you follow, but know that the opinions exist. If someone else follows that opinion, it's not like that big of a deal. Even if you feel like you're right and they're wrong, it's still not that big of a deal. It's not like you know someone's like, hey, we, by the way, why don't we like try a second god as well like that's you know it's not like one of those things right so he, he says that so he says that so the malikis would interpret this hadith meaning what that he prays two by two and then uh, then afterward the wither is one raka'ah meaning what that this two and one the 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 two that are with the one is he's saying that that's also counting it as as the two from before and uh, 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 i don't think that a hanafi ta'wil like that is Ba'id, I don't think it's that far away. So, you know, you don't have to be so touchy about your, your fiqh. But the point for this class today is not how with, this is not like, oh, come to Ribat to learn how Witr is prayed. Okay? The point is, is what? That we're reading about the fadila of praying it in, in the night, praying tahajjud and praying the qiyamul layl. So that's what, what we want to, for tonight, what we want to take out of this hadith. When Anasin radiallahu ta'ala anhu, qala kana Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yufturu min ash-shahri نظن حتى لا يصوم منه ويصوم حتى نظن لا يفطر منه شيئا وكان لا تشاء أن تراه من الليل مصليا إلا رأيته ولا نائما إلا رأيته رواه البخاري 
Uh, Sayyidina Anas radiallahu anhum narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa was such that sometimes in a, a particular month he would not fast at all to the point where you would think like he never, he doesn't fast. And then you would see him fasting so much that you would think that he never, uh, uh, he never doesn't fast. He's never like not fasting. And uh, sometimes you could see him, uh, 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 if you wish to, you could like, if you came to him at a certain part of the night, it would be like he prays the entire night. He doesn't sleep. And if you wanted to, you could find him at a certain part of the night. It looked like he slept so much that he didn't. Uh, that he didn't, uh, he didn't, uh, no, not that, the wording is that there was a part of the night you could see him, uh, 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 if you wanted to pray, uh, you would see him like praying a lot, uh, and, and there was also a part of the night that you could see him sleeping as well, that's a narration of Bukhari, uh, inshallah, I think one more hadith we can read, and say, Sayyidatina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, kan yusalli ihda asharata raka'atan, uh, 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 Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, she uh, uh, said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa used to pray 11 raka'at. Ta'ni min al-layl, meaning that this is his tahajjud. Uh, and he would make a sajda in, uh, he would make a sajda in, in those raka'at of the night. Right, the 11 is what? Eight raka'at of tahajjud and then uh, with there is two and one or three or however you want to do the math, right? Uh, depending on, again, which Mufti Saab you ask your Masail from. And it's all good. Uh, uh, he says, so he says he would pray 11 raka'at from the night, and then he would make a sajda uh, such that it would take one of you 50, you, you would recite 50 ayahs in that, in that sajda. That's a long sajda. You should try making sajda like that sometime, but not in the farth prayer. And sure as heck not when you're leading the farther prayer. Okay, you're gonna people are gonna come with like blood rush to their head, and then you know it's gonna become a liability issue, and then someone's always gonna every no, no matter what you do, if you're imam in the masjid, someone always is gonna come to you and be like, "Stop for Is this the akhlaq of the Prophet You know, the Prophet used to like be go easy on people, and then if you like pray real quick, then they're like, "Stop for You know, like you, the Prophet used to make long sajda, and if you, you know, whatever you're anyway. Khair. You're not going to win that. That's why we're we're in Rabat right now. So, uh, uh, so he, 50 ayahs, right? That's a sunnah. That's a good thing. You know, a person, how long would it, does it take? What's the surah that has 50 ayahs? 50 ayahs. I mean, yeah, like. 20 to 26. Yeah. All those. Yeah. So, like, so, so, uh, 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 that's, that's a long such that. How, how long would you estimate? Four or five minutes? Yeah. Yeah, 15, 20 minutes. 15, 20 minutes, right? So do that sometime. Like not when people are looking and don't post it on your Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, <laughs> uh, Twitter, uh, 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 you know. Don't tell your mom about it. Don't tell your, you know, your spouse about it. 
I guess your mom and your spouse is not going to be that impressed no matter what you do, you know. But uh, still, you know, if you can avoid it just between you and Allah Ta'ala. But try it sometime. It's good. When your head comes up from, from the sajda, um, and then you have to do another sajda, you can do it again. And then your salat will, like, take what? It'll take, what, 45 minutes, half an hour, right? You know, something like that to finish. Uh, I promise you, when you come up from the, the two rak'ahs, you're going to feel like a more spiritual person. You're going to feel like a better person. Things, bad things that, 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 that everybody enjoys doing, even though we're not really supposed to admit it in front of one another, right? But those things are not going to seem as enjoyable anymore. And good things will seem more enjoyable. And a person will feel like, you know, that they, they have had some, uh, uh, some communion and communication with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These are good things. A person should do these things. You know what I mean? And if nobody was there to tell you, nobody told you this in Sunday school, did they? Did they tell you this about 50 eyes? No, no one's going to tell you in Sunday school. Misakin, those people themselves should read, come to Riyal Salihin, and then they can be good Sunday school teachers, inshallah. Uh, and they should learn basic aqidah as well. So they can become good Muslims first as well. Uh, um, Allah reward them for what they're doing. You know, who knows? Sometimes you do a good deed, and it opens a door for other good deeds, you know? So we're not, we're not going to hate on them or nothing. But, like, you know, it would be nice if they kind of basically knew what it meant to be a Muslim, right? Uh, uh, um, so 50 ayahs. That was that the Hajjah of the Prophet. By the way, Ramadan is right around the corner. Everyone's all pious anyway because of the fasting and stuff, right? So why not? Why not try it out? You know what I mean? Uh, 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 why not try it out when no one's looking? You know? So that your friends at school don't say that, oh, you're a loser or whatever. One day you'll realize that all your friends are losers. You were afraid of them calling you a loser and you realized, no, you know, they're the losers, right? Um... Uh, one day you'll realize like everybody in life is a loser. One day you'll realize the most Mubarak day is that the day you realize you're a loser too. Not because they called you a loser. That first loser that you thought you were, that's, there's no Barakah in that. You're just, you actually are a loser at that time. Okay? You work hard, make yourself into something. Be the best person you could be. In the dunya and in the deen. Then after that, when you realize you're a loser, that's, that's when you know that you're not a loser. The minute then it comes back to you like, oh, I'm not a loser anymore, then you become a loser again. But then once you can push that out of your mind and you're like, no, I am, a then, then, then you're like, then you're not a loser anymore. Right? Uh, the one who knows I, I need from Allah Ta'ala. Imagine like a kid, right? You guys, how old are you, the two of you? 14. Right? You guys look like a good age of kid to tell, like, go take the garbage out. Right? You get told to take the garbage out from time to time, and sometimes you probably do it, and sometimes you're probably like, ah, and roll your eyes at your mother and stuff. Don't say yes, don't, don't not, yeah, of course you're perfect angels, you never do that, right? But like, you know, whatever, okay? No comment, right? When you were a little baby, like three days old, were you expected to take the garbage out? Your mother and father did everything for you. But now you guys are like, mashallah, real smart and cocky and like do your hair and like all this other stuff. And like you think you know stuff and you're smart and you're cool and whatever, right? So you're told to take care of yourself and in fact do stuff, other stuff as well. So it works with Allah Ta'ala that way. The person whose reliance on Allah is like, like a baby relies on, 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 on its mother. Allah Ta'ala takes care of everything for them. And the person who's cocky and they're like, well, in my opinion, this, okay, go, do, go, go make a life for yourself. In fact, do this, here's some other responsibilities for you as well, right? So that's what it means, the day you realize you're a loser. It means the day you realize you're powerless in front of Allah Ta'ala. That's a Mubarak day. 
the first thing, when you think you're a loser because your friends say you're a loser, they're losers themselves, what does their opinion mean, right? Uh, that's, that's, that's the explanation for that. So, uh, so yeah, so don't worry about them. Just close the door. None of them are going to see. And uh, do that salat in which your sajda is like, whatever, 15 minutes each. You may come out of your, the room as a better person. And then later on when you do dumb things, and almost everyone does dumb things, uh, uh, then you remember, oh, there's this one thing I can do to like mitigate and reduce the amount of dumbness that's like left over from me doing something stupid. So you can always do it again, inshallah. And if you really want to be a good person, you can do it every day and try not to do dumb things also. And that's what فوق kulli ilmin alim. Some people, Allah gives them a rank over others. Uh, and so she says that he used to make sajda. Um, for so long that it would take one of you 50, the time that it takes you to recite 50 ayahs uh, before he would raise his head. And he would pray two rakahs after that, after his tahajjud, right? So you, tahajjud is like, what, eight rakahs and then and then three rakahs or two and one of witr. Then after that, once the fajr would rise, he would pray two uh, uh, rakahs before fajr. And we mentioned from before that those are the sunnahs that they should be quick. And uh, uh, then he would just lay down on his right side until uh, 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 the person came to fetch him for salat uh, uh, in order to, to go and pray. Allah Ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in.